No, I, we were talking this morning about God calling us peculiar people. And we should be. For the purpose of identification, we should be a little different than the average Gentile walking the streets. Because God has stepped in, made us aware of Jesus, and through the work of His Holy Spirit, it has us to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the saving gospel. But ever so often he does something that, well, I just have to think, just kind of like Jeremy. I've got to the place to where I don't have to do things normal. Whatever he tells me to do, I just figure it's normal, you know. But this morning, things are a little bit different in the way that I'll handle what I'm going to say. Because normally we pull a scripture from the Bible and we talk about a particular attribute of God or heaven or Christ or salvation or the church or whatever. But today... And I guess probably had something to do with the war going on in Israel and the fact that Israel is fighting a PR battle. There are so many people opposed to Israel. They don't even know who Israel is. They don't know what God has done or what God has said, but yet they're opposed to it. And out of that, I suppose, God has given me an idea He wants to deal with this morning that we don't often deal with, I don't think, And so just kind of bear with me because it's not going to be one thing. We can look at one scripture and see everything I'm talking about. But in Chronicles it says that we should brag as children of God that our names are written in heaven and that we know and understand God. That should be the things that we go for. As we know him and know who he is. And we know we pull little aspects out and we say, well, he thinks this way about this and this about this. But I hope that I can show you something this morning about God that we don't often think about, I'm afraid. And that is very concerning to him and it has to do with PR. What do people think about God? And why are some people so opposed to it? And why is it so easy for them to be opposed to it? So just just sit back and listen. There won't be many scriptures, but the two or three we deal with will be very powerful. But the thing I'd like to show you is that there was a time 
when there was nothing that I know of, of everything that I know of, the world, people, angels, the only thing I know was there was God. God was right. Now the Bible uses the term righteous, but what it means we use today is right. God is right. He always has been right. He always will be right. It is his nature to be right, and he wants to prove to everybody that he's right. But now listen to this. I want to remind you of this record that comes from Scripture. There was a time when a right God decided to create angels. And he did. There were over a hundred million, I know that. And one of them decided that he was going to be like the Most High God. He tried to take over God's place in the universe. One third of a whole population of angels agreed with him for some reason and thought he was going to come out the winner. That was Satan. And all of them got kicked out of heaven. Jesus said he saw Satan fall out of heaven like lightning. He wasn't skydiving. Lightning don't skydive. (laughs) He came to the ground pretty fast. And he landed on earth, him and all the demons too. They're not in hell, they were on earth. Satan introduced sin to the population of angels and to heaven. And he had to leave because of it. Next it says in Scripture that God created the world. You know that Eden, where Adam and Eve were, was a perfect place. Plenty of rain, no rain, but plenty of moisture. And they were able to live sumptuously off of what God provided out of that garden. He created the, the, the world to function properly and to be a good world with no problems. And he wound up having to put a curse on the world. That's the reason we have privet and kudzu and some of this other stuff (laughs) that aggravates us to death. And weeds. And you walk off and leave a house and it'll fall down in a few years. Just because there's nobody living there. 
And with that curse came rot and decay and rust and all the things that deteriorate the other things that God has caused us to create or has created in the world. He had created it to be right like him. Then God created man. One but two. Here comes Satan. He had introduced sin to the angel and the world, and now he introduced sin to humans. And they accepted it. And God cursed the world because of it. But he also cursed Adam and Eve, the two people who were involved in the sin, to the place that one of their sons killed the other one. Sin. And with sin comes death. You remember that's what he told Eve. Or he did, God didn't tell Eve. God told Adam. Adam told Eve. And Eve told Satan. God says if we eat of the fruit, we'll die. She didn't understand. But Satan with his sin brought death into the world. In the book of Romans... Chapter 5, in verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world by Adam, he accepted it. He could have turned it down. He could have said no to sin and to Satan just like God tells us to. But he didn't do it. He accepted it. Whereby as by one man sin entered into the world, and death came by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So then, the angels fell from heaven, The earth was cursed and the humans were run out of the perfect place and have to live by the sweat of their brow after that and all kind of the rest of the curses that came on humans because Adam agreed to sin. Sin became men's nature. They're born to sin now because of Adam. We come in the world sinning. And let me say something about sin. It's, it's kind of, a, to me, it's weird because I like words. But sin in the Bible, plural, uh, uh, singular, means sin by nature. That sin that we inherit from our fathers. 
I don't believe we get it from our mothers because Jesus didn't have any sin and he had an earthly mother, but he didn't have an earthly father. So I think we inherit sin from our male side. Sin in the singular was what we were born to do. That's our nature. Sins with an S is the result of that sin we're born to do. That's the things we do every day because we have the old sin nature. One little letter changes the whole meaning of the word. Now think for a moment, God is invisible. You can't see God. Nobody's ever seen God. There was a time when the only people who were friendly with God or thought they might be friendly with God were the Jews. They were supposed to be people who worshipped God, who had been called out from among all the other people of the earth to be God's chosen people. Jews were probably, and may, maybe a lot of other people, I have no way of knowing, but I know that Noah's flood was in the Old, Old Testament Scripture, so I know probably the Jews and probably everybody else, they tell me that every culture of the world has some record of a flood, a thing when the water covered the earth. So people knew that God had or a flood had killed everybody but eight people. God's creation was wiped out. God is a failure, right? God's plan didn't work. He said in the scripture in Genesis that everybody was wicked. The wickedness is why he killed everybody. Sin, the thing that Satan introduced. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, scripture said. And God saved Noah and his wife and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. So there's eight people that was left. That's it. God's batting average is not doing too good, is it? And God wants everybody to know how right he is. He's always been right. But it's hard to do with the record he's got. What about all the Jews dying in the wilderness? He held them back 40 years so everybody over a certain age would die. God, to be a right God, desired to show somebody who he really was. 
and the things that he stood for. But you see what's happening to him. But God had a plan. God's always got a plan. But God had a plan. So God took a part of himself and created a man of flesh, a man called Jesus, who we know is a part of God, a third part of the triune God. And he put Jesus, who had been with him in heaven, as a part of his own self, and made him a man, a fleshly man, gave him him flesh like us. Can you think for a moment how that would have limited Jesus Christ to be taken from the glory that he had in heaven and be put on earth and grow up as somebody like you and me? From someone who could do anything like God to someone who could only do what you and I do. Until God took another part of himself. I believe, called the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Took the Holy Spirit, another part of himself, and he placed it in Jesus when Jesus was standing in the Jordan River being baptized by John the Baptist. It said that the Spirit of God descended on Jesus and lit on his shoulder in the form of a dove. I believe at that point, Jesus became unlimited. Because the Holy Spirit is represented to us as a thing of power. And at that point, he became a man of power that could do anything that God wanted him to do. And as we mentioned this morning too, I just thought about it, even when God wasn't directing him. You remember when the woman came up in the crowd and wanted to touch him to be healed? It's like David said. And I agree with him. I don't think he knew that woman. I don't think he knew she was fixing to come up and approach him and touch the hem of his garment. And he said, power has gone out from me. And the disciples around him said, Lord, you're in such a crowd of folks and they're bumping and jostling you from one end to the other. How in the Wouldn't you expect somebody touched you? But they didn't understand. But what he felt was power going from him. He could feel that. God used him as a source of power for all kinds of things. 
gladly to me. Most of the things he did, he knew was coming. But see, there's a problem. Flesh life doesn't live. Jesus, who was created to live forever, became like us. We were created, Adam and Eve were created to live forever. Death wasn't supposed to be a part of their life. But with sin came death. And with flesh came Jesus' death. Flesh dies. And Jesus died at about 33 years old. Man and Satan, I think at that point, figured that all is lost. The man who called himself the Son of God died. Satan is still in control of the world because he's the one that is the author of death. So God is still not batting a thousand. I believe that only those that thought that Jesus might have a chance at anything were those that had been there and seen him command the forces of Satan, the demons, to come out of people. They could see that he was in charge, that he had more authority than Satan's side of the room had. Maybe they thought there was a chance, but I think most didn't. When they heard that Jesus was dead, even the disciples ran in fear and hid and locked themselves up in the room. They'd been with him three years. The people were thinking, I think, that God failed with the creation because of the flood. That's the proof. God failed with the Messiah because Jesus died. The one who could do those miracles and all couldn't even. What what did the soldiers say? Let him save himself, he saved others. People didn't understand. So at that time, at that time in Jerusalem, I think, right after the crucifixion, maybe that day or the next day, as the word got around that the Son of God has died. The man of death, Satan, is still ruling the earth. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something's happened. On the third day, he's up and walking. 
Do you see the point here that we're talking about? The greatest enemy of God, Satan himself, has been trying all along to bring sin into the world, to discredit God, and to say, well, if I can't be like him, then I'm going to destroy him and everything he does. But wait a minute. Martha saw Jesus at the tomb, and she went back and told the disciples, He's alive, y'all, I saw him. And he's up and walking. And he spoke to me. The disciples didn't even believe her. (laughs) James and John ran to the tomb and saw the death closed, and Jesus was gone. Now at that point in time, a practical thinking fellow would wonder wonder where he went and how he got gone. That thought would have been in somebody's mind. But then Jesus showed himself to them. And they figured out it was really him. And at that point in time, there were a few people in the world who really confidently believed that God, Jehovah God, the righteous one, the one that's right, is winning. Do you see something here? Regardless of what you believe about everything you've read, the little bits and pieces that you've studied or, or, or sermons or lessons or whatever, Jesus had to become a man just like you and me in order to die because gods don't die. Spirits don't die. Humans die. And in order to prove that Satan wasn't in control, Jesus had to die and come back. And he did. In Hebrews chapter 2, in verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's us, the children, we are made out of flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same. Jesus did the same thing. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Up until that point in time, and this is something that God's been putting in the back of my head for the last several years, that the people of Jesus' day knew that Satan was in control. They knew that. They couldn't even walk past the cemetery without some demon possessed person trying to beat them half to death. They saw it every day. 
if you've ever witnessed or dealt with people from the Spanish-speaking countries, from South America, Central America, and Mexico, you'll see a fear there of Satan that you've never seen in anybody around here. Those people are terrified of Satan. That through Jesus' death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. People in Jesus' day knew who Satan was. They were scared to death of him. And here comes this one guy, Jesus. One guy. And there had been 200 other Jesuses that had come on this earth. And they didn't work out either. So all of a sudden, there is this idea that maybe Satan's not in control of this place. That God is. And unlike a man, he had to live again to prove to everybody that he was a God. You see how that works? He had to be a man to die. And he had to be a God to live again. This was not happenstance. And by the way, I had to look that word up. I've heard it all my life, but I never used it. But happenstance means a circumstance that happens by chance. None of this was just happenstance. It was all planned from the very first. And the things that we read about Jesus all had a definite function and a purpose and he had to do the things he did in order to accomplish the thing God wanted accomplished. Now scripture says in this world we shall have tribulation. But take cheer. I have overcome the world. And when he says, I have overcome the world, what he's saying is this, I have overcome the world, I've overcome Satan, and I've overcome death. That's what was on my mind this morning when I said, hey, I'm not going to die. <laughs> and you know what? Y'all are not going to die either. All the trouble we have ever had in our life, you and me also, comes from Satan. It comes from sin which Satan introduced or it comes from a cursed world which he caused when he introduced that sin to the world. If you got a garden, you got nut grass or briars or weeds or chickweed or something. If you build a fence, first thing you know, it's going to have privet flung up in the middle of it and tear it all down. 
and we got rust and rot and decay because of Satan and what he has done in his lifetime. In Romans chapter 5, back where we were, in verse 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, Adam decided to take Satan up on his offer, and because that, until Jesus came up out of that grave and walked in front of those people in Jerusalem, everybody believed that Satan was in charge of the world. The big issue has always been death and dying. That's the thing that scares most everybody. And Satan's in charge of it. He's the one that introduced it. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. If sin and the ruling of the world can come by one man accepting death, sin and death, then the remedy for all of that is one person. It's Jesus Christ. Now I've got two problems. Number one, I don't think people are scared enough for Satan. Not to be terrified of what he might do to you, like, like I said those people I've dealt with are. But to know what kind of power he has on this earth. It's like Miss Becky's friend from the Vietnam veteran. At one time, he was the number two powerful person in the world, Satan was. And the other thing is that who you are today because Jesus overcame death. You won't die. You don't even have to worry about dying. Much more, they, that's us, which received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, that's salvation, shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. I've been doing a lot of side studying for the last several weeks and months. It all started with our comment that day about, about voices in people's heads. This is an outreach of that because it talks about the things that Jesus says in the sixth chapter of Matthew 
Don't be anxious for this. Don't be anxious for that. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And the science of psychiatry have got all those things listed as mental illnesses. If Jesus can tell you don't do that and it works, it's not a mental illness. And Jesus gave us the power through the Holy Spirit of God to rule and reign in our life, to have to have rule over our own bodies and what we let our mind do to us. And we fall for Satan's traps and have all kind of problems that we, we don't really need to have simply because we don't know who we are. But God, through the salvation of Jesus Christ, has made each Christian with the power to rule certain parts of their life and to live with more joy. That's what he said he came for. More peace. All those things that God promised are there for us if we don't let Satan take them away from us. It's a choice. And Satan's not in charge anymore, people. He doesn't have the power. One old black man told me down in Tuskegee, Alabama, old Mr. Joe, I coon hunt every night with them, and I just walked through them. They can't hurt you no more. God took the power away from them. And he did. So why then do we take the suggestion that we can be, 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 be ill made ill by those things that we have the power over. I was discussing with somebody today about the things that we could control in our lives, but if we give up to them and go to a doctor, the first thing they'll do is give us a drug. They won't tell us how to fix our problem they give us a drug for it. So what I'm trying to say, you have a power that you may not be aware of. But God says he fixed us to where we can rule and reign in this life. And that's what we're supposed to do. So God finally showed his creation who he really was. Then Jesus showed the world that the right God had a new plan to church. In the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then they were given another part of God himself, the Holy Spirit, And teach them Jesus. 
forever. This Holy Spirit was not limited like Jesus was limited to start with. But he's like God, the most powerful force on the face of the earth. Then it God in his wisdom directed Jesus through the Holy Spirit to enable men, freshly men, men like you and me, to sit down with a pencil and a paper and write a book. That makes it easiest for us to understand. And we can go back and check it. And if we think maybe somebody says you got it wrong, no. Go back and check it. No, 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 I didn't have it wrong. I had it right. That's all part of the plan too. to write a New Testament that give us the, the viewpoint of God, who He is, and what He's capable of through Jesus Christ. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Finally, the creation has the opportunity to live out from under the bondage of Satan and death. No more fear of Satan or demons or death. Do you know who you are? Do you know the attitude you ought to have because of who you are? I don't see how God could show us any more plain this morning. And you know what? The things that we study every Sunday, they're all part of what I just told you. They're into the big story. That was the big story. From only God to heaven and us. And the rest of that book is things that God shoved in there to show us a different way of what the big story is. And that's what the big story is. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Don't let us ever doubt for one moment that you are the right God, that you've always been the right God, that you will always be the right God, regardless of how anything looks. <coughs> Help us, Lord, with your PR. Help us to show people who don't know any better who you really are. <clears throat> to praise you and to give you glory and honor which we were created to do. Through salvation <clears throat> and the belief in Jesus Christ in whose name I pray. Amen. <clears throat>